Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. Rise and shine. to another edition of the mouse and joystick podcast this is currently the 20th episode we are recording it on june 24th 2018 i am your host kyle and of course joining me are my two co-hosts michael and noah go ahead and welcome back to the show michael how are you doing this fine day today uh you know i'm doing pretty good just a lot of stuff going on a lot of games to look at but doing pretty good Excellent to hear. Noah, how about yourself this fine Sunday afternoon? I'm doing quite all right. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so as as you may have guessed from the date and the title of this episode, everybody listening, uh, we are talking about E3 2018 again, but this time it's already happened. It's, it's, it's in the past now. We actually get to talk about what we actually saw, all the things we liked, maybe some of the things we disliked about it. And then, obviously, looking forward to the future of what we can be playing within the next year or two. Uh, so, I think we're going to go ahead and just jump right into the discussion. And let's talk about our favorite things that we saw over the course of the week. Um, I, there, that's a lot to process right off the bat. I know there's, there's a whole bunch of things we can talk about. Um, so, let's go ahead and just jump into it. Let's go ahead and talk about... My, let's, we can start with my personal favorite thing that we saw. And for me, that was when... The reveal of finally getting more information about Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> we, we first got this game announced what five years ago, in like 2013 or something like that. We're just a just a very cool trailer that was just like it's going to be done. When it's done, you'll get more information later on. And here we are, five <laughs> five years later, finally getting into the trailer, and it actually didn't disappoint me. I mean, I, I, it, I, we'll get to you guys' opinion in a second, so I might be being a little bossy here, but <laughs> I'm excited for this. Uh, I actually really, really enjoyed the trailer. It was a really good, like, a, it was almost like a rock star trailer, like, for Grand Theft Auto, you know, how it's just, like, here's just, like, scenes from, like, what life in this world is like, all the all the good moments, all the bad moments, because there's definitely, like, parts of this trailer where people are just straight up dying in horrific ways, but... <laughs> But yeah, like it really does give you a good sense of what this futuristic cyber-enhanced world is going to be like. And obviously it starts off with like presented by CD Projekt Red. Like they was all super well done. So I, I absolutely adore this. There was a behind-the-scenes closed-door demo that only people in the press were able to see. So we did not get to see any of that, at least not yet. So all, can re- all can really talk about were... The trailer that we did see and what people are talking about from that demo and so far everything about it sounds fantastic and it sounds like it's actually living up to a lot of the hype i've seen a lot of people that are typically on the skeptical side of things come out of that demo really enjoying it and really singing the praise of it uh so let me go ahead and turn the mic over to you guys michael what do you think of cyberpunk 2077 uh, I think 
it looks amazing. Uh, of the little we've seen, just from the concept of it, it's going to be really, really great. And I trust CD Projekt Red a ton, especially after um, the last Witcher game. So I don't know. I think it's definitely going to blow a lot of people out of the water, just like Witcher 3 did. For sure. Noah, do you got any opinions on Cyberpunk? Oh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Um, I haven't played The Witcher 3, right? But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this one because it's kind of more in my my alley. They're in your wheelhouse, yeah. Um, There was a bit of a controversy that happened after people started getting more worried about it. Like, apparently the fact that this game is actually a first-person game turned a lot of people off of it um so just i'm just gonna kind of put it out there but for to me personally it actually got me more excited because i i've always adored the way a lot of other first person rpgs handle that and like it actually gets me more immersed into the world being able to get like a closer look at smaller details like the interiors of buildings actually getting to see more detail on like my weapons and my armor up close and personal uh so yeah that that got me even more excited but uh, how about you? How about you guys? Is is like the the first person perspective something that concerns you a bit, or does it not really matter? Um, it depends. Uh, because a lot of games, a lot of uh, RPG games, uh, a lot of their success is based on how you can control your player. Like if the controlling, if you can control your player pretty well, then the game's gonna do pretty well. Like it's gonna feel more fluid. And I think it all depends on that. Like, if they can do the first person, like, really, really well, um, I think I think it'll do just fine. But we all know that they they can do third person just fine from uh, uh, the Witcher games. Yep. So I guess maybe they're just testing themselves, see if they can do this too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they don't can't really comment on much more beyond that. Not until we actually get, like, a gameplay trailer. Or see that that demo that other people had seen already, uh, but yeah, everything seems promising. There is still no release date on that, unless you want to look at the title. But I don't think that's, <laughs> I think it's just a meme at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll probably slowly get more information about that. I, I think there's a good chance we'll see more of it at Gamescom, which I believe is later on later on in the fall. So maybe before the end of the year, we'll get to see gameplay for it. Or if not, we should be able to see more of it next year. Because a lot of people are saying it, it, it the little bit that they saw looked quite polished already. Like it doesn't it definitely doesn't have that feel of being like a very early in development game or anything. Like it feels like it's pretty far along now. So so we'll just have to wait a little bit longer. We might be able to get this <laughs> we might get this game in our hands before the end of next year. It might be twenty twenty, who who knows? Uh it's got it's gotta be patient for a little bit longer. Maybe it'll come out on July seventh, twenty twenty. So it's like the twenty seventy seven backwards. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is actually based off of a tabletop game called Cyberpunk twenty twenty. So maybe they're gonna shoot oh. for a twenty twenty release to kind of coincide with the original source material. I don't know. I think that'd be kind of fitting. It probably would be. I could them, see them doing that. They'll still give them an extra year to finish polishing it up and all that. So, 
uh as we'll as we'll talk about later on in the show there's a lot of great looking stuff coming out so you know i'm okay if cg project red wanted to take in all the time in the world to polish that up make it just pristine and gorgeous and whatever else they want to do uh yeah so let's go ahead and move on from the cyberpunk um i'm gonna go ahead and pass the torch off to you and noah i want to hear what your big highlight of e3 was this year um so mine would probably be super smash bros ultimate just because yes. that's probably what i put the most time into over the last year and then to have them do i don't know if it's exactly a port or if they're making a new one because we haven't really got much information other than the roster uh, but i was super excited to see that they gave it a 2018 release date yeah it's coming up really I've soon waiting for a new smash when did uh, Smash for Wii U come out? Was that like 2016? Uh, 2015? Maybe. It's been a few years, though. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, this, this is this is a really, really neat moment for them, I feel like. 2014, really? Yep. Wow. Where have I been for the past four years? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely due for another, another Smash game then. Uh, but yeah. I, I really like the, their approach for this this new one. The kind of just like a culmination of everything that's come before so far. With the I, I guess you could say the ultimate roster of Smash, having every single character previously playable be in this one. And did did they also confirm if like every stage is going to be in it? I, it looked like they have a large I number of stages. They said yes, every and stage. they even added new stages as well. Yeah, I saw that they had like a, a Breath of the Wild themed stage. So. That's pretty neat. Yes. Um, I don't know if they're going all the way back to like the higher rule and stuff like that. But, um. Yeah, I I did hear him say that there's like two versions of every stage, though, like a a standard version and then like what like an Omega version or something. Yeah, I would assume to support eight people. Oh yeah, the eight people mode that makes sense. Yeah, like it looks like they're really toting this as a smash that can be played. Not just by veterans of the series, but anyone that's ever played Smash before can find something in this game to enjoy. Like, even if you've only played the Nintendo 64 Smash, all the characters from that are in here. All the sages are in here. Good old Smash play gameplay they're used to. to like, come on in, sit on down, have a good time. Uh, but yeah, this, I think it's going to be a really big seller for Nintendo this year. Did you have anything you wanted to add about Smash? Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't played a Smash since I think I think the last one I played like actively was on the Nintendo 64. So it's been a little while it's been, been since a while. I played an actual <laughs> Smash. So I'm looking forward to it because I haven't really owned any Nintendo consoles in, since the Nintendo 64. I had a Wii for a while, but uh, I don't know. I didn't play it. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to actually having like a like split screen game. There's not too many of those coming out anymore. So. True. Nintendo's definitely a big seller on split screen split screen games. They're definitely top dog for that between all the consoles. All right, so I'm gonna put you in the spot here. Um, with 
so many of the characters already being confirmed. Which one mm-hmm. are you most excited to play? Um. Wow. I don't know. I, <laughs> back on the 64, I played I played Ness a lot. Um, and I, I loved playing Captain Falcon. But my go-to was always Link. So I think I'd probably have to stick to Link. Link, I like it. Do you have a personal <laughs> favorite, Noah? Um, uh, like, I played Corrin and Cloud a lot on the Wii U. I don't even know who those people are. And Bayonetta as well. But... Or or that person. Since I think Brawl? No. Yeah, Brawl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you say Ice Climbers? Yes. I don't think they've been in since Melee. Really? In oh. a long time. And Wolf. I was also excited that Wolf will be included. Yeah, Wolf, like, Wolf, Wolf looks really good. He, he got the like updated sprite for uh, Star Effect Zero, same Fox. So, yeah, uh, the game looks be- beautiful for for the Switch. So, and Game and Watch as another I'm Game and Watch. Player. Yes, <laughs> I've always been a, a scumbag Kirby player, so I'm definitely looking forward oh, to <laughs> playing Kirby and having access to a potentially sixty like sixty four extra characters to swallow, whatever, maybe more. I don't remember the exact number of characters. Yeah, the more characters they add, the harder Kirby gets to make. <laughs> I like how they specifically said that during the press conference too. <laughs> like during the part where they're like, "Here's all the changes for characters." They like they got the Kirby, and they're like, "There's no specific changes to Kirby, but with the addition of new characters, obviously we have to make new powers to Kirby." It's like, "Oh, okay, all right, makes sense." <laughs> Throwing it in there. Yeah, that is really. What's your... What? What's your guys' opinion on the pterodactyl guy? Ridley? Sure. I don't know his name. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I saw I saw a couple cool. of games of him being played at their Invitational or whatever. Uh, he kind of seems like a mixture of Charizard and uh, Bowser a little bit. Yeah, he's like almost a slightly more mobile Bowser. Yeah. Uh, but like, I think they did a really good job modeling him. I Obviously, for a character that's supposed to be ginormous, you know, they had to scale him down to fit on the battlefield. I think they did a good job. He still retains that sense of being large, but he's not definitely not so large that his hitbox just takes up the whole screen and is susceptible to being hit so easily. Yeah. He's got that hunchback going on. He's from that, uh, he's from the universe that Samus is. Yeah, Yeah, Metroid. Metroid, yeah. I'm pretty sure he killed her. Oh, that's oh. See, I, I've, I've never followed much of the uh, those games. Like, I didn't even know back in the Nintendo 64, I didn't even know Ness was from a video game. I thought they just like made a character. Well, I think it was a Japan only release. Wasn't it? Uh, I think yeah, um, Earthbound had a US release, it was kind of small, it was low key. Uh, yeah, Ness and uh, his brother Lucas. I don't think it's his brother. There's just the game looked pretty cool. I've watched people, so a couple people play it so far, and yeah, but you can tell we haven't played Earthbound. <laughs> We're just like I, I think that's well, uh, his brother or something. Many, many, many people have not played Earthbound. <laughs> that's true. Like it's, it's a not a very popular. Reason. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'd say that was probably my highlight, an honorable mention to the Halo. Yes, Halo Infinite looks great. I know it was like a concept trailer almost, but um, I definitely do get the vibe from, from what we saw of Halo Infinite that they want to create a more Halo Combat Evolved type of game with this. Maybe not so much the kind of like linear my, versions we've been getting. My feelings are is since they've been trying to push esports and they haven't really been sticking in the last couple of years is they switch to a model where they keep the same game and game engine and they just do continued support for it like on a monthly basis or weekly basis. A live service version of Halo? I'd be down for that. I think that could work really good. So if they, if they somehow made this like a Halo that supports like all the maps and all the game modes and it's constantly being updated every week or so, that, that'd be pretty fantastic in my opinion. Right, and be on the PCs. Yes, it, it's coming to Windows 10. That's confirmed. Windows 10 and Xbox One. <laughs> so it's good. I'm not upgrading my computer here. Uh, but yeah. That uh, that was definitely... I think it was probably the best way for Microsoft to open their press conference was that Halo Infinite oh, reveal. Sure. Just, a, just quick to the point, like, yep, you guys know Halo. We got Halo. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any exact details on it yet. We'll We'll get back to you when we know more. Um, Michael, what was what was your personal favorite thing about E3 we saw this year? Um, there's definitely a lot of options because I like a lot of different types of games. Um, Cyberpunk was definitely up there. I think my top was The Last of Us Part Two, with a close runner-up of Ghost of T- Ghost of Tashima and uh, what's it called? Fallout 76. How, how are you feeling so, about Fallout 76 right now? Because I know some people are definitely really turned off of the idea of an online Fallout. Uh, but it sounds like you and me are both kind of on board with the idea. Um, I think that it's it's gonna. I think it's a great idea. Um, if you have like really researched what they've been doing and what they said was, this was like a passion project. It's not like a real like. This isn't the next step in Fallout games. This is like the team have been wanting to do this. So they put. They actually decided to take a risk and put their time into it. But this not. It's not the next main Fallout game, which I thought was like. I thought was a great because I mean they want to take risks and try that try out this new format and to see if it's going to do well and if it doesn't do well then it doesn't hurt them too much and they're still going to make Fallout games. Right. Um, I think that uh, the, the <laughs> multiplayer is hard, um, especially for a company that's only done single player. There's a lot of things that could go wrong. Um. And the first couple months are really, really key because if you mess up in the first couple months, you could lose your entire player base and nobody comes back, really. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm really looking forward to it, but that's mostly because I really, really like Fallout. Mm-hmm. I think they're taking a big risk, but I think they can do it right. So I'm hopefully th- they learn from the beta. 
Yeah, I'm definitely pretty nervous for it. Like you said, the first couple of months are going to be super important. And considering like this is Bethesda's first time ever going into multiplayer, and it's the first time they've ever done like an online version of Fallout, and it's the first time they're ever like dealing with PvP stuff. It's like oh, there's so many first time things that they're having to work through. There's going to be some growing pains there for sure. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, Bethesda games are known for having bugs. So. They have a reputation for being buggy, so being uh, kind of buggy in an online environment is almost worse than a single-player environment. There's, there's a lot that yeah. could go wrong with it, but some of the ideas that they've expressed wanting to work on seem really promising, like uh, the idea that all of the, every human you interact with in the game is going to be another player. Um, there's going to be like various zones with different levels different tiered enemies that you have to work through like there's almost like a almost like a looter shooter kind of vibe to it in a sense where like you're slowly progressing through higher levels getting better gear and then using that better gear to go into other areas and eventually you get to like the end game environment where you and other players are actually like in this back and forth nuclear war type of scenario yeah and there is an actual like main story sort of and there is an end to that main story you can keep playing after the end obviously but like yeah the, there is a goal in this there's not just like you know that, um, that was my biggest worry is how are they going to retain the good narratives that they kind of drive a fallout series yeah yeah it they sounds, also sounds like that the uh the overseer of the vault you come out of will continue to talk to you from time to time and continue to give you stuff to do so there's there's always that like sort of guidedness there if if you need the direction yeah and look luckily with fallout games especially if they flesh out the the melee system as much in this game too um there's reasons to make different characters um i don't know how much like the moral things are going to be in this game um or if there's like different factions to choose or whatever i don't know how fleshed out all that's gonna be yeah, um on a re like replay value as far as like the, your character progression goes they did say that uh when you level up and you get access to new perks and stuff you'll be able to change your equipped perks out on the fly so you're, ne you're not locked into like one build you can always go and change it whenever you want so like if you group up with a group of people you can always tailor your skills to kind of match what they're using or, or vice versa. Okay. Like if you want to change your perks around and be more medic focused, you can go and uh, get all these bonuses for improved healing and stuff, or just go totally all out on like heavy weapons and just become the heavy arms demolitious demolisher or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like there's going to be some, some leeway there you're like you're not going to be totally locked into one play style once once you get your character leveled up a bit now as far as the gear goes i don't know how much that's going to factor into you might have to get a bit more gear or different kinds of gear for different scenarios but that remains to be seen yeah i everyone's worried about like what's they're going to be what's what are you going to be able to do once the game like comes basically to a close you get to the end you have the best gear like, are they actually going to come out with new stuff all the time? Or is this just going to be, like, the end of it? Yeah, that's that's a big thing. I feel like so many of these online games struggle getting the end game right. 
Um, I hope I hope I'm hoping that because of Bethesda's history with like story based games that maybe they can craft some sort of a narrative loop at the end there that will keep you inter- entertained for a while. That maybe it's a stretch. It's just me grasping at straws. Who knows? But like I I, I want to believe that they they have an idea of what to do. Well, I would just, hope so. Isn't that gonna wing it? Because <laughs> uh, I'd hate to run into like another Destiny two scenario where like, once you get to the the end, you're just like, oh, <laughs> I guess there's nothing else for me to do. Like, I'm not gonna run the same strike over and over again. No. Obviously, yeah. you'll be able to generate greater rifts with the nuclear missile. <laughs> like eventually, they're gonna open like time portals with the nukes. Go back so you in time. can get like torment fifteen. Or maybe you can like, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of what ifs about this game, and it's coming out soon. So yeah, it's the beta is very soon. I think it's supposed to start within the next month or so. Yeah, like this. <laughs> this is all a lot of what ifs for a little bit of time, but <laughs> I I have trust in Bethesda. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but they said there are no other human NPCs, or there are no NPCs at all. There are think... NPCs, but all human characters are players, but they actually went and created a new faction of ghouls, and it's like the ghouls that you'll be interacting with for like various side quests or trading and stuff like that. And computers and robots. And have they talked about specifics of like server size uh max 24 players per server and they also said at some point they don't know when but at some point they want to have private servers yes um for those people that you know i don't know if they're probably going to be paid for i don't know can we make it a mod like a mod That was nice. I don't know. Did they say that eventually they want to have mod support for the game? That so, would be interesting with multiplayer. Like, maybe they introduce these, their mod marketplace. I mean, they almost have to do that. Like keep, make it so it's exclusive to the uh, in marketplace mods, so so that everybody's on the same page, you know? Yeah. But yeah, like there's definitely a lot of ambitious things about this game. Uh, like obviously like online multiplayer mods uh fallout branching out into like a new genre almost I mean, it's still kind of a first person shooter in a way but there's there's definitely more to it than that now greater emphasis yeah. on the survival and the, the shooting mechanics and the, the gear rather than the story yeah co-carnage is asked about it like nearly every day that he streams he's asked <laughs> about fallout and a lot of his concerns make a lot of sense like they don't understand how griefy players get when they play these types of games. Oh, like, yeah. you will literally have people running around just to destroy other people's shit. And have you played <laughs> that's, all the, that's all they want to do. In Fortnite? People on your team are the greater assholes. Yeah. <laughs> they will kill you they, more than the enemy will. It's a. Uh, people are very mean. And, like, they said at E3. They was just like they'll figure it out. Like no, you <laughs> you have to have something in place to stop these people, or for us to get them out of our own way or something. Because like yeah, in a like, way, I kind of get that they want to allow people to become like the bandits or the raiders of the world, but 
<laughs> I don't know. There's there's definitely a lot of maybe what ifs in this. May not pan out. Like it might take months before this game gets on its feet and really becomes what it was destined to be. Yeah, I mean, even with with streamers is even the bigger worry, because especially if you get popular people playing this, if they if someone finds out that they're in like the same world, the same server as a streamer, they can just go grief them the entire time, and like totally ruin that streamer's like yeah, everything on camera. The thing. They did confirm that what you'll be able to see every player on the map when you're in the game. So, like. <laughs> Yeah. You just open the map, you go, hey, there's that guy. I'm just go over there and pay him a visit real quick. I think yeah. that also calls into the question of depth of the game as well. Because, like, if it's so easy to, like, just pick up and move, like, how deep is the actual, you know? Yeah, that's, the, yeah, the how, how deep can the, can the base building be if it's supposed to be a portable base building mechanic, you know? So, like, if it's yeah. supposed to be easily built up and torn down so many times yeah do you have like a limit on space do you have a limit on height do you yeah what if all 24 players reach the maximum build limit does that like just cause a whole server to lag yeah yeah that'd be a good question because they've never had to deal with servers and server lag and i don't know if you ever hit the the max limit on uh that main city in fallout 4 but uh, it it can put a pretty dampening on the system on your system there. You hit max capacity, so I'm got no worried about that. I hope they know what they're doing. Yeah, there's a there's so many things that can go wrong. Hopefully, I mean this beta is probably gonna do a lot of good because people go into betas and intentionally try to break everything, mm -hmm. so the devs know you need to fix this. So, yeah. <laughs> there's a. There's so many. And this game comes out in, what, five months? Four a little, months? A little under five months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's like get, get pants ready. Going in. Diving in. <laughs> There's just so many. Like, just looking at all these releases, it's crazy because you're like, this game comes out, then a week later this game comes out, and then a week later this game comes out, and it's all things you want, and you're sort of screwed, and then <laughs> yeah. no money. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of Bethesda, there was one other thing. That, well, there's two other things at the show that really piqued my interest, but I'm going to just mention the very, very last thing that they did at their show, which was they finally confirmed that they're working on the Elder Scrolls 6. Yes. And that's all did. the information we got. <laughs> yes. They did announce and... that they have a new property they're working on called Starfield. They confirmed that that's kind of like their bigger priority at the moment, besides Fallout 76, of course. They're, they're focusing on Starfield. Uh, that's planned for next generation consoles, so we're probably at least two years away from that coming. And then after that, we're going to get Elder Scrolls 6. So uh, if you're looking for the follow-up to Skyrim, that's that's probably still at least three years or more off. So yeah, you probably won't see Skyrim for probably like five years. <laughs> the next <laughs> Skyrim, technically. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, these consoles just came out, and then the four and a halfs or the one and a halfs came out. And then... I feel like I just got my PS4 not too long ago. Even with my upgrade, <laughs> like... I have like yeah. I feel like there's still so much more I can do with my my system. 
back when there used to be a lot more. And I think what? Um, they just came out with like the refreshes with the pros and the X. Yeah, those are all like a year or less old. So they're really going to obsolete them in a year or two? Seems like. I mean, I mean, great for the. It seems like the first waste of money, year but... of the new consoles, they'll probably be releasing games on both the old and the new system, like they did with this last one. Right. I know. Hopefully for... If Microsoft does come out with another one, it would probably work with their current consoles seamlessly, just because that's what they've been putting a lot of resources into. Is the backwards compatibility? I actually really like the speculation that people are having that the next Xbox is going to be called the Xbox Infinite. Be that just like final stepping stone, like the, this is going to be like the end of the iterating consoles. Like this is the last one. Like anything past this is going to be all like streaming services and stuff for them. Yeah, I can see that. I was still waiting for them to release an edition of Windows that was like a gaming edition Windows. And you could build your own Xbox. That'd be cool they did that, too. Because, I mean, you already have the cross-play. Well, not all cross-play, but... They, the made, they made it sound like are. that they're, uh, they're like, doubling down and, like, going and redoing their Xbox on Windows system. So maybe they'll push for something like that. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Didn't get a whole yeah. lot of information on that. Um... So before we uh, before we move on, was there any other like big thing at E3 that we wanted to mention? I mean, there's obviously a lot of things we could talk about, but we'd be here all day if we talk about every game that we saw. Any other big standouts for you? Um, there's one big standout that wasn't shown. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, yeah. Red Dead Two. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption Two was not at the show. But uh, it's, it's coming. Up. Pre-orders to get the extra content. <laughs> like you got to pre-order the game to get the gameplay trailer. <laughs> you know, so many people would do that too. So, uh, other than Red Dead Two, uh, I don't know. I, I really liked uh, Ghost of Tsushima and um, what? What was the name? Oh, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. Both yes, of those the looked good. Software game. Yes. They kind of just like snuck in there for me. Like I love Dark Souls. I love Bloodborne. I, I don't know. This one is kind of just kind of like chilling. It's there. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's it's interesting. It's, it's waiting to strike like a ninja. <laughs> one thing that stuck out to me, not because I was interested in it, just to see where it goes, was Crackdown Three. Yes. I don't know if you remember, like, two E3s ago, they pushed, like, this huge push for it, and it was like, we've got these huge destructible environments, and blah, 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 blah. It's technically pushing the edge on our hardware. Um, uh, we're going to have it run on some cloud computing engine, <laughs> and then we heard nothing about it. And yeah. then they re-release it this year. They're like, oh, yeah, it's coming out, and it's got Terry Crews in it. And then they delayed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's unfortunate. Like, apparently they had to, like, scrap everything they've done in that game, like, twice at least. This version that we're getting, it's, like, the third time they've attempted to make the game. It looked to me like that's... they were setting it up to be a Battle Royale game, but that's just my 
Hey, I'd play a battle royale game with Terry Crews in it. Wait, is Terry Crews literally in it? Like you play as Terry Crews? I don't think. I, he, I don't think he's literally. And he might voice one of the characters, I, but I don't think he's like the character. I was gonna say I'm like, I saw I saw the, the trailer with him. I I could see him voicing one, but is he literally the character you play? Like, because that, that'd be a little bit much. That's the thing. They're like marketing the game as Terry Crews the game. <laughs> Look, about Terry Crews, I don't know if people would actually recognize it. Yeah, I mean, people are like, that's no game that's been like that where it's like oh look it's this actor you know or oh look it's this movie you know those games don't do well <laughs> all right but then there's that's trending popular <laughs> we finally saw yeah gameplay for death stranding and i think we're still as confused as ever <laughs> i have more all questions did you walk around a lot yeah that to, to be fair, that is not going to be the whole game. Like they did very briefly tease that there is a moment where like uh, Norman Reedus' character picks up a gun and is like holding the gun. So like I'm pretty sure there will be some shooting elements to it, but they just uh, chose to focus more on the atmospheric walking around the world and sneaking around from the shadow demons moments. That's just it's very interesting. UPS simulator. <laughs> Post-apocalyptic <laughs> UPS simulator. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's kind of what this game is. Uh, I mean, I'm still I'm still really interested. There's definitely like a, maybe a hint of concern just because the little bit of gameplay we have seen was not particularly interesting. But I think it's a very Kojima thing to probably show like the worst part of the game in his gameplay reveal. That would be something he would do. Yeah, that would definitely be something he would do. Uh, oh, yep, so that happened. Also, uh, The Last of Us Part 2 looked great. Yes. Probably some of it, the, some it of looked... the cleanest, smoothest animations I've seen in a game in a long time. Yeah, I wonder... Like, I knew that some of that was gameplay, but it was... It was actually unscripted like... gameplay, the whole thing. Really? Yeah. I've heard from people that were behind the scenes watching the people with the controllers control the character. That was okay. Well, then that they definitely like totally revamped the movement system then from uh uh Last of Us the first one because that uh that I don't know. I mean that that seemed that didn't seem real with the movement it was it seemed very scripted but that's cool right yeah some good stuff some good stuff being shown all right with that said let's go ahead and jump into the winners and losers of this year's e3 and let's uh let's go ahead and start it off talking about the first conference we saw which was electronic arts or ea if you will um is there anything about that show that was a particular highlight for you guys um, I mean, um, Anthem was pretty much the only good part about it. Was it though? I'd have to. <laughs> I feel like they didn't I mean, really sell me the game. They just, they're just like, right. they're just like, guys, we swear there's no loot boxes. Where, for the, for the love of God, there's no loot boxes. In there. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, we did get to see the scripted gameplay section, but yeah, like what they did with Anthem is kind of what they did with Battlefield previously, where it's like. Here's a little 
peak of it, but definitely not like a whole lot. Like they're being very reserved of how much of the game they actually show in their like, I mean, public events. At this point, it's just going to be their Destiny clone. Kind of, you know. Yeah, it's like their version of Destiny, Warframe, whatever. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's it has a perfect structure for loot boxing and microtransactions. <laughs> but they swear and it's not in there. the company's history that's publishing it. Yeah, that, that's... that's <laughs> you know, yeah. Is, you, you make Steve a little bit more skeptical. But if somehow they manage to not include a detrimental microtransaction system into it, it might be good. Other than that, Maybe. the only other question I have is if it's like hub and spoke or if it's open world, because I feel like it's hub and spoke. That, that's kind of the vibe I was getting to. Like, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I could definitely see the game being set in a way where, where there's like the central town or city or whatever, and then you just kind of right. like shoot off in corridors from there, and that's, that's kind of the game. Uh, so they're having a little bit worried. I mean, not, it's not necessarily a bad design choice. I'm sure other games have been able to do that and get out, got away with it fine. But I feel like for how like the movement in this game is such a big seller for them, you really want to like. I felt I felt like you you do it more justice keeping it open, like go anywhere for real, like not just fly down a narrow corridor, you know? Because that uh, that glimpse we got into the gameplay, they jump off that like four leg base, and that looks like a loading screen from loading into a area or something. Yeah. Um, but for, I mean, for the most part, the rest of the game looks great. Like the combat looks pretty fun. Uh, the bosses look like they can be pretty big and epic at times. Uh, the amount of armor customization and skills you can unlock for your character seems good. Like there definitely could be a great game here. There, I'm just worried there's a lot that's gonna weigh it down. You know. Yeah, there's like a lot of yeah. baggage there. A lot of baggage that comes with the EA publisher deal. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe they can, outside of Anthem. Outside of Anthem, yeah. There's, uh, we did get to see a little bit more Battlefield Five, which <laughs> didn't show gameplay. They they showed like a like a story trailer that they said they're gonna show you more in another conference, and even that was like <laughs> ninety seconds, if, if that. It wasn't until yeah. like off stream, like. When the YouTubers were recording their footage, did we actually get to see more of the game being played? So, I don't know. I feel like they're just like really mishandling the way they show off some of these games. Yeah, I feel um, like just I feel like a lot of people had struggles with their presentations this year, but they did surprising. Like I don't know what was up with that. Um, I think a big example of that is Sony, who who we'll get to later. They feel like they were. Trying to do too many things at once, or they're yeah, interesting points. Um, another another thing I want to bring up as part of uh, EA show is that they did announce a new Star Wars game in a very <laughs> anticlimactic, lazy way. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they literally just walked up to uh, uh, what's his name, Vince Zappala from Respawn Entertainment, and they're just like. Hey Vince, uh, since you're here, we wanted to ask you: uh, Are you working on a new Star Wars game? And this is like not just like this is not a fan thing. This is like an official part of the show. They go up to him in the audience. He's just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're, uh, me and my team at Respawn, we're working on a new game. It's called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It's gonna be about Jedi in the in the dark times, 
and it's coming out next year. And that was it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so there's no trailer, no no uh, no concept art, just nothing. They're just like, yep, Star Wars is happening. See you guys next year. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure they had nothing planned for this. They just threw it in there last minute. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm getting a <laughs> there, There's no I'm way you announce a new Star Wars game with no fanfare. It, it just doesn't happen. Maybe they're trying to like go under the radar since their last Star Wars launch went pretty bad. Wouldn't you want to like get it out there and like tell people why it's different than the other Star Wars game though? They're like gonna go for that sleeper release. Like, oh yeah, we're kind of working on it. Ah, uh, maybe. Oh look, it's out, guys. Go check it out. I mean, like all, all BS <laughs> aside, a respawn entertainment like Jedi game sounds really awesome. I believe oh, yeah. they can pull it off, but it's just like this reveal, not even reveal, this announcement was just so underwhelming. Though. Yeah. Management the movement system. Oh my god. The force jumps. <laughs> <laughs> like I can already imagine myself loving this game. But for now it's I'm just disappointed, EA. You could have done better. Yeah. Um, yeah, but other than that, though, the rest of their show is kind of focused on their, their sports ball games. You know, the, the typical arrangement of those. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we did get to see a couple of like smaller indie titles, uh, including Sea of Solitude and Unravel 2. Both of those looked pretty good. I liked the Unravel 2 focused on that co-op component, which uh, it's definitely missing from a lot of games nowadays. Um, and yeah, I, I guess maybe maybe the low light of the whole thing, though, was the presentation of a little little game called Command & Conquer Rivals. They uh, decided they're going to take the Command & Conquer license, turn it into a mobile game, probably full of microtransactions, if I had to guess, and they tried to turn it into an eSport. <laughs> and it went on way too long like 10 minutes longer than it should have um yeah that i don't i don't know how i don't know how to talk about that it's just it happened i don't know yeah. why but i think a lot of those major people had some type of mobile release like bethesda microsoft ea well i mean uh, everyone has a phone now like, well, yeah. I mean, that's been true for a, few, a while, but I would say those, those are more casual. Yeah, for sure. But uh, then, like, they're probably trying to compete with, like, I mean, the Switch you can take everywhere. So they're just like, well, now you can take our games everywhere, just not on our your normal system. I mean, phones can definitely, they have a lot more ability to play a decent mobile game now than they used to but yeah i, feel I don't like, know i don't i feel like mobile gaming has gone from a totally like taboo no no thing to talk about to being actually like more acceptable in the past year or two so that that might have something to do with it because i remember back back a couple years ago if you would mention that you're making a mobile game people were just like oh nope mm, nope no thanks not interested yeah, now right. we're like, I understand eh, that. Maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we'll see. I was just thinking, E three is not the right platform to launch your mobile game. No, it, I don't think it is either. There's better ways of handling that situation. Um, was there anything else about EA we want to mention? 
Um, not that I can think awkward. Of. It was, kind it was of just awkward. awkward. I feel like the hostess was trying her best, and you know, for her first time at doing this at an EA press event, I think she did fine. But there were definitely some moments where she would like talk to the crowd, and it got just a little too awkward for my liking. I mean, EA is in general pretty awkward because. I mean, you're taking about a bunch of antisocial people and making them try to socialize with each other. So, like, right. <laughs> people, I mean, we, we stay inside for a reason. Um, but I also I, feel like the days of having, like, a lead presentation are kind of dying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they had the specific host where all the other guys just kind of had one person come out, open up, and then they let the content do the rest for the most part. Yeah, I think that's the best way to handle I, it. I, I definitely, not to jump ahead, but I like the way Microsoft did it, where they basically just showed video after video after video and did a little bit of talking in between. That's probably the best way to do it. Hmm. Or um, you could cut to a desk outside, <laughs> play advertising, <laughs> your own stuff, and then cut back to that desk and then cut back the presentation only if there's really <laughs> bad audio with like feedback crackling going on in between cuts <laughs> <laughs> more on that later uh so are we ready yeah. to just kind of kind of give a ea a little bit of a verdict here do we do we think they're a winner or do we think they're a loser oh for sure a loser yeah i mean the same way. i think ea is almost always gonna be like that because they have bad rep, especially as of late, um, but also because their highest selling games are sport games, and people that play for sport games don't go to E3. So. That's that's my thing. Like I get it that you want to show off like the games that make you the most money, but are the people that are watching E3 actually the same people that play Madden and FIFA all the time? I, I don't think they're the same crowd. I'm not saying there's absolutely no, no one that does both. I'm just saying like it's a, it's a very small minority. Yeah, I mean, everyone has that itch where they're like, oh, I just want to go play a sport game for a little bit, and then you play it, and you're like, oh, I can wait a couple months before I play that again. Yeah, I so... think they should take the rule of Call of Duty to where it's kind of like nobody wants to show it because nobody cares enough at E3. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody even show Call of Duty this year? Did uh... I don't think so. I don't remember I don't if somebody did or not. I, think... I feel like Nobody wants it because it gets such a bad rap now, even though it's still a well-bought game. Especially Black Ops 4. That game's gonna... That's not how you do Roman numerals. It's, that's not... Black Ops I, 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 I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, EA, kind of a, kind of a stinker this year. Um, I want to give them credit where credit's due. Anthem could potentially be great. Battlefield 5 actually does look great, even though they're not really showing it correctly i feel like um, yeah the indie games probably are gonna tr be pretty good i think unravel 2 is actually a pretty good game from what i've heard people are already playing it uh but yeah other than that though like just just the way they showcase their their products is not very appealing uh yeah so like on the on the complete opposite side of that spectrum though we do have the next conference that we're gonna be talking about here and that's microsoft's show um they they kick things off talking about their upcoming Halo game, Halo Infinite. No release date on that, but they did confirm it's coming to Xbox One and Windows 10. And then this is kind of 
bam, 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 shot up game after game after game after that. Um, any uh, any particular highlights of that show for you guys? Mm. Not really. I mean, most of the games that they were launching were multi-platform. So. A lot yeah. more, yeah. I, I, I like I like the conference. Um, honestly, like I've never really played them too much, but I definitely like the look of this uh, Forza Horizon. Um, and it looked pretty good. A good demonstration so, there. Yeah. Um, I have to say, like one of my highlights. Uh, I actually really liked a little demo they did for the Division Two. I know that's a, more of a Ubisoft thing, but they did show like the gameplay for it. Um, you know, it looked pretty fun. Showed off, showed off Washington D.C. setting, instead of the the wintry Manhattan. Um, oh, and then obviously the the way they finished the show with uh, having the conference being hacked into, and then Cyberpunk showing up, that was probably probably the best moment for me right there. It, yeah, that was pretty cool. They definitely. I always thought they would have gone with Sony, but Microsoft's also a good choice too. Microsoft has good pockets, money. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that was probably like the, probably the strongest end to a conference. Uh, so many of the other conferences over that week just kind of ended. They they just showed like a game that we were expecting to see, and then they just they didn't even have people come out to close the show. They're just like, eh, good night. Turn the stream off. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Microsoft one was the only yeah. really one that had a closure and a strong one at that. Um, uh, we can talk about IP Gears with the mobile game. Yes, they announced <laughs> three Gears games uh, at the show. Uh, first one being Gears Pop. Was it Gears Funko or Gears Pop? One of those. Pop, I think? I'm not sure. Okay, no, it is Gears Pop, but yeah, it's a mobile gears of war game where all the characters are based off of their funko pop equivalents so you're playing as like a little funko pop marcus phoenix and fighting funko pop locust uh but i think i think the thing is it is a like sponsored title from funko it's it's a mobile game so like that's supposed to be your go-to gears experience this is a side thing uh but in addition to that they did announce a Gears Tactic, Gear, yeah, Gears Tactics, which is like a tactical RPG, Gears of War game inspired by XCOM or Mario Plus Rabbids, that kind of style game. That looks pretty promising. I don't know when that's supposed to be coming out. And then obviously Gears of War Five, they had a big old story trailer for that, and for the most part, like it looks kind of like what you'd expect from Gears, but you know, def definitely looks like they're diving more side characters than than the main markets characters ain't phoenix first i um, skip four so you skip four <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily the worst idea in the world uh oh another another big one that happened i don't know if i got to mention this before but uh microsoft did announce the acquisition of five separate game studios at the show which to me, it's not. I mean, it may not mean a whole lot right now. Just like, well, you know, you're announcing that you're picking up studios, but you don't have anything to show for it now. But in the future, all five of these studios who are now owned by Microsoft are going to be receiving funding from Microsoft, and they're going to be able to release their games probably exclusively on Xbox and Windows 10. Uh, so for those that are 
saying Microsoft needs to get their get their crap together and get more exclusives on their system. It looks like it's finally going to be happening, at least in the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but some of the talent that they picked up included uh, they got the Forza Horizon developers play with Playground Studios. Yeah, which is a child of turn 10. Yeah, a child of turn 10. So that company just kind of grew and grew. Um, they also picked up the developers of We Happy Few. They announced the formation of a new studio called The Initiative, I think. We don't know what they're working on. It's kind of just like a secret unannounced project. So I'll hear more about that next. Uh, they also picked up uh, Ninja Theory, I believe, who are most well known for uh, Hellblade, Cinema Sacrifice, and I believe they also did the Ninja Gaiden games. Am I wrong there? I'm, Maybe. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that last one. I know they did Hellblade though. But yeah, bringing in more more talent to their under their wing. That's that's always cool. To see. Um, overall though, just like Microsoft came out, showed a showed a lot of great looking games. Granted, most of them are multi platform. Uh, so if you wanted to look at this conference as Microsoft trying to sell you on an Xbox, I don't think they were actually that successful. But if you want to just look at it as Microsoft showcasing a lot of games that could be played on Xbox, I think they came out very successful. Yeah. Uh, do we have any other games we want to talk about specifically, or should we uh, go ahead and give them a verdict? Um, I think we can give them a verdict. To me, I, I feel like Microsoft came out as a pretty big winner here overall. Oh, yeah. yeah, I Big think so too. Hard to deny that a lot of the things they showed off just looked great. Even if you're like looking at them like, oh, I can't wait to play it on my PlayStation. That's fine. I feel like they still showed some good stuff and had an entertaining show to boot. Yeah, I don't know why people. <clears throat> I don't know. It's kind of like a weird argument. Like they need to get more exclusives out, but I feel like that's not what people would want. <laughs> no. People complain whenever there's exclusives yeah. they can't play, so. So I feel like if they just keep this theme of, you know, working with studios that put them out for everything, I wouldn't be upset. With I that. mean, the way I look at it, sure, maybe they're not necessarily a whole lot of exclusives, but they keep expanding Xbox Live. They keep expanding the, the Xbox Game Pass, which that is actually a huge sell right there. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> the fact that I, I could subscribe to that and get access to some of these titles on that from like the first day they come out is actually super promising. That uh, that could be a potential yeah. thing that sways me to an Xbox on. Yeah. yeah, I I was glad to see them take a step up and actually show they have a handle. <laughs> they're not they're not throwing in the towel yet. Uh, right, moving on to Bethesda's showcase. Here they closed out Monday night, and they started off their show. We have a musical performance by Andrew WK kind of to celebrate the uh, unveiling of Rage 2's gameplay. Uh, overall, though, how do you guys feel about Bethesda? I thought it was good. A uh, little cringy at the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I don't know what it was with live bands and mobile gaming this year, <laughs> but a majority of people had that. Right. Or some type of live music. There was a lot of that. 
Um, it's like I, they all got together and like, hey, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I I really liked Bethesda. Other than that part, yeah. I think Bethesda did they really did a good. Much better job I this mean, year than it did last year. Yeah. I mean, what, what's his name? Andrew WK. Tom Bucks Howard. Or Todd Howard. Yeah, Todd Howard. Okay. <laughs> um, he does a great job of uh, introducing games. So. He's a good speaker. Yeah. I, I was I was happy to see that when after they got through Rage Two, they kind of just kept the show going, kind of probably getting through the more uninteresting things. Uh, they basically just did Elder Scrolls Legends and Elder Scrolls Online back to back and got it out of the way right at the bat. So I was happy to see that. Um, but we we did get the announcement of a brand new Doom game. I think it's supposed to be coming out next year. Uh, a couple of like DLC add-ons for Prey and Wolfenstein 2. Uh, so I kind of stuff that was not necessarily a big surprise. All stuff we kind of expected to see. Uh, then we got a big old demonstration on Fallout 76. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we is kind of, Youngblood a new game or is that a, I, I think Youngblood is actually yes. supposed to be a standalone thing kind of like how uh, Dishonored Death of the Outsider was you can purchase it as its own separate thing and play it without having to need the base game it's a yeah. um, two player co-op focused Wolfenstein uh, but yeah, I, I was confused <laughs> Yeah, I, I probably should have clarified that when I was mentioning it earlier. But yeah, it is it is standalone. Um, I do believe yeah, I do believe they also announced there's a separate VR Wolfenstein game being made as well as a Prey VR experience. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I think the Prop Hunt VR experience also. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the Prop Hunt. I think thing. that's gonna be playable in VR and non VR. The VR prop hunt, that sounds pretty dope, not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> I could have been just looking around under, underneath, like, oh, freaking teacup, man. Jump out at me. Yeah, good good times. I, I'm, I was happy to see that. Praise a great game, so I'm glad that they're still supporting that. Um, yeah, but after the Fallout 76. No, actually, before Fallout 76, this is when we get the sort of announcement of Skyrim for Alexa. That that yes. happened. That, Wait. that was a real thing. It's a that is a real thing? It's a real thing. If you have an Alexa, you can actually play it. Why is that a real thing? <laughs> because Skyrim. <laughs> I like how they took the the jokes that people were making about how uh Skyrim's already on everything and literally just made sure it actually wasn't everything that was playable. <laughs> everything, 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 everything. They didn't announce a mobile port for it, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they are making a separate Elder Scrolls game for mobile called Elder Scrolls Blades. That they were yeah. uh, showing off a little bit. Um, not gonna lie, for a mobile game, it looks pretty good. It does. It does. I will probably actually just try it for the hell of it. I mean, it's free, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's free well. and you can pre-order it now. Okay, <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot that they did that. 
<laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, why? <laughs> Thanks, I guess. Yep, and then after that, absolutely nothing else happened at the show. Nothing at all. Nope, nothing. Nope. Yeah. Actually, online. They, they should see into the future by like five to ten years. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they did announce a brand new intellectual property called Starfield being made by Bethesda Game Studios. It will be... Well, not, don't, don't mean to put words in people's mouths, but they implied that it's going to be another single-player, first-person RPG kind of in the line of Fallout and Elder Scrolls. But this one's uh, like a sci-fi game set in space so i'm assuming you'll probably be traveling from planet to planet on a spacecraft of yours of your your own going on mass effect like adventures maybe who knows a lot of potential there but they did they did confirm it's not coming out until next generation consoles so that's probably 2020 at the earliest maybe even later and then of course the highly anticipated elder scrolls 6 after that which will be probably like 2021 at the earliest or later yeah well um just to put things into perspective too um i was looking and any game um they did not announce an actual release date for any um game before i mean after the next e3 so Mm. um every like the latest thing they gave us was march 15th 2019 and then there's nothing actually confirmed after that so I'm guessing they're just waiting another year to actually give us actual dates on all the things for next year. It makes sense. So I, we'll have a, a Sony conference next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually do prefer when we don't get dates until like the final six months. You know, like when we're, when we're within six, then let me know when to, what to expect. Yeah. Uh yeah, so overall, how did you guys feel about Bethesda? Did did they come off as a winner or a loser to you? Um, I actually had them as my biggest winner. I I like their conference the best. Fair enough. I can't agree with that too much. It, I feel like for me personally, it was kind of a toss up between Bethesda and Microsoft. Uh, but I was still very impressive of Bethesda showing here. Yeah, I think they did a good job. All right, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Square Enix real quick. Uh, there's not a whole lot to say. Oops. They kind of just came off, did this all short little thing, just kind of to recap the show real quick. Uh, they came out and showed a content update for Final Fantasy XIV, a crossover event between Final Fantasy XIV and Monster Hunter World for the MMO, then they basically showed a Kingdom Hearts trailer, which we had already seen like two times before then. They talked a bit about Shadow of the Tomb Raider. We did get to see actual gameplay for Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It looks kind of like the others. Not, that's not a bad thing. It was it was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, they then uh, I guess they only like there's only really two new things at the show that they announced, which uh, the first one was a title called Babylon's Fall from Platinum Games. We don't really know anything about it, except it appears to be some sort of alternate take on medieval fantasy. There's definitely some weird magic stuff going on in there. And then probably the the weirdest thing that happened was they showed a game called The Quiet Man. And all we really know is that somehow it involves a white guy going to an alley to beat up uh, Latino people. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we can gather from it. (laughs) Okay. It's like, all right. It's not 
that's maybe that's, that's the weird. best way to showcase uh, a thing but... <laughs> yeah <laughs> that happened you're not gonna catch very many people with that <laughs> uh but yeah overall it was very short i think the whole thing was like 29 minutes not a whole lot of new stuff was shown and this new stuff that was shown was very vague and had like no details involved um so overall i feel like they were one of the bigger losers of e3 for me not that I don't like yeah. Square Enix, it's just they didn't really need to be there. They didn't need to have their own show planned. They all could have just announced the stuff separately. Yeah, or have someone else do it for them. Right? Like, <laughs> like Microsoft could, or you Sony. You could have had Tomb Raider at Microsoft. You could have had like Babylon's Fall be at Sony or something. Like you could, you could have done that. I don't know. It felt like it was just kind of like a waste of time. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I like the Tomb Raider games, but they're not I mean, you don't need a whole show to basically just show Tomb Raider. Yeah, basically. All right. Um, let's go ahead and move on to Mike. Uh, not Microsoft. <laughs> we already did that. We're going to talk about Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft, they started off their show with a Just Dance musical number. And then they kind of just went on from there, showing off some nice CGI trailers, which, you know, I prefer gameplay. But the CGI trailers they showed were very good. I'm not complaining too much. Um. And just kind of, it's kind of had some heavy hitters going until the end of the show when they showed off the brand new Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, overall, how'd you guys feel about Ubisoft this year? Uh, I liked them. I, I think they did pretty good. Um, obviously, uh, I don't know how much they can't really top having uh, South Park be announced because the South Park guys were at the last one. But, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I have mixed feelings with Ubisoft. I love Assassin's Creed, but Ubisoft is Ubisoft. I, I felt like Odyssey didn't look like an Assassin's Creed game. It really doesn't, no. To like, be fair, this one, the la latest one didn't either. Whatever, what was this one called? I have the game, I don't uh, even remember. Origins? Yeah, Origins, honestly, that wasn't really an Assassin's Creed game either. It it really felt like something else. I mean, so like they could yeah. rebrand these as like a new IP. They could, but Chronicles. I feel like they're they want to ride off the. Uh, I feel like they, they they're trying to ride off to, the but hype. They just don't because Assassin's Creed sells a lot. It does. Yeah, like if you could put Assassin's Creed Odyssey next to Assassin's Creed Two, they do not look similar at all. No, I it's. They really, with Odyssey, they changed the whole thing, and I feel like if they keep going with it, like they are with, uh, um, with Odyssey and Origins, like it's so much different that might as well be different games, and I don't know. Yeah, it just looks like the RPGs, but in Greek. I mean, I, I guess if they really wanted to spin Assassin's Creed into their own ongoing RPG series, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I, I mean. And for fans of the older Assassin's Creed, if they still wanted that kind of experience, you know, they don't really have a new one they can go to. Unfortunately. Yeah, I miss... I do miss that the Assassin's Creed uniqueness. Now it's not as unique. But it's okay. Um, yeah. Um, probably one of my favorite things from the Ubisoft show was... When they had the the guys from the Division Two come out to start talking about their plans for the the sequel, uh, they did confirm that the first year of the game they're gonna have 
two raids come out for in-game content and the, they're gonna have three different expansion packs all being released for free uh so that's cool for people that are fan of the like ongoing mmo light type games uh there's definitely gonna be a on the content for that game for the first year for free yeah that'd be very promising because that first year is so important for games like this <laughs> you imagine if destiny for 2 sure. had a good first year like oh my <laughs> could you imagine if destiny 2 had free dlc Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a thought that is uh but yeah uh overall did, did, is there anything any strong feelings you guys were having for ubisoft you're leaning one toward one way or another. Um, those were some pretty big titles. Although in recent times, their big titles have gotten like not as great reception, like Division and um and the Assassin's Creed we were just talking about. Um, um how are we feeling about Skull and Bones? I kind of forgot to mention that one. I, I would be a hundred percent okay if it was Black Flag too. Uh, it looks decent. I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's as good as it looks. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still worried that it's going to be like so focused on the online multiplayer that's going to make me lose my interest in it. Yeah, that that could definitely be a thing. I think the the cool part. Um, about Black Flag was that you're a pirate, but there's also a story you're following. It would be cool to ha like have that plus a little bit of multiplayer when you wanted to, like go out try to face other people. But there, I think it's probably going to be mostly focused on multiplayer and just like who can build the biggest ship for no reason. You're just trying to build the biggest ship. Introducing Destiny, the pirate boat game. <laughs> the pirate boat game. <laughs> I mean. Probably. I mean, I feel like they only made this to make money and not as like something they actually really wanted whoa, to whoa, make. Whoa, hold on, hold on. Are you trying to tell me that our business is trying to make money here? Well, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of game companies, they like, they love their IP so much. They do it for making the story and not for making the money. Like there's a big yeah. difference between people, the two like developers even, that do even that. Even the Ubisoft covers alone. Like if you look at beyond good and evil two, that to me feels like a passion project, but yeah. at the same time, you look at like, like you said, Skull and Bones, or even Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That feels more like a calculated paycheck. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they every game wants to make money, but it's but it's more like you know, you do it because I mean, you love it. Also, I don't want to put the developers of those games down because I know they put a lot of work and effort into it, and there is some, there probably is some passion behind the scenes and all that. And just saying, from from like an outward perspective, it's like. How much of a risk is this project? Is this a safe bet that they're taking? It, it probably is a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, though, I'm feeling a little bit mixed on Ubisoft, but I'm I'm leaning towards more more of a more on the positive side, more of a winner. But I'm kind of there in the in the middle at the same time. Yeah, I think I think they're in the winners section, but they're probably the lowest one on the winner section. If that makes sense. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Sense to me. Okay, so now we can talk about Sony. Little Sony here. This is probably one of the most unique shows we saw this year. 
Um, <laughs> how do how do we talk about this? So, so the show starts, and we, the people viewing online and the people viewing in person, are in this little church, and we're getting a live musical presentation of one of the tracks from The Last of Us, and then they eventually lead that into us getting the gameplay reveal for The Last of Us Part Two. Which, honestly, that part was fantastic. But then the show kind of just goes off the rails where afterwards they then start cutting to outside, people talking about the game in a weird format that made me feel like I was watching an IGN stream or something. And then they just kind of kept talking for 30 minutes and then eventually you cut to a new location where there's another guy playing a musical instrument that led us into Ghost of Tsushima, which is also a great demo, mind you. <laughs> and but they just kind of like kept cutting over and it's like okay we got people talking about the game but why, why are we talking about the game in this weird way during the show can't we do this after the show like there's definitely there's a lot of time spent not really doing anything yeah I don't know what they're thinking it was yeah it was weird I mean like don't don't get me wrong like even though I think Sony actually showed the least number of games. They were all incredibly high quality showings. So like uh, The Last of Us Part 2 was fantastic. Also, Tsushima looked great. They announced Remedy's new game Control. That looked great. They finally unveiled the remake of Resident Evil 2. That looked great. Uh, there was another trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3 announcing the Pirates part of the game. We got first-hand gameplay for Death Stranding, which was kind of weird, but it was appreciated to finally see it. We got the announcement of Neo 2, and then they close off their show with a nice lengthy chunk of Spider-Man being shown. So, like overall, like when they actually were showing the games, great. It was all the in-between stuff where we're just like, okay, can, all right, uh, can, can we can we move on now? Can, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Why is the audio quality so bad? Why why is there static in the stream? What's going on? Sony. Yeah. Sony was just, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a shame. Like they had great content there, they just had really poor execution on on showing it to everybody. Uh so my feelings on Sony's. I don't really know how to feel. Like overall, I wanna give them a thumbs down, but at the same time, it's really hard for me to give a thumbs down to. The gameplay for The Last of Us Part 2 and Ghost of Tsushima and Spider-Man. <laughs> it's like, because those are all some of like, the best individual moments of the entire E3 week we had. Right. <clears throat> I would say thumbs up, just because even though three of the games have been shown for the last, what, two, three EAs? At least two years, yeah. Yeah. I still think, you know, the Spider-Man and the new IP they showed deserves a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, it's fair enough. Even though they do get marks off for how bad their format was. <laughs> they get marked down for that. Okay. I think it's fair enough. Um, anything else we want to talk about from there? Or should we move on to our final contestant here? Um, I think we can, we can move right. on. All right. Let's, let's talk about Nintendo then. That's uh, their little direct that they did on Tuesday of that week. Um, kind of an interesting way they decided to go about it. They had a 
relatively short showing. I think it was like a 45 minutes in total. But they spent 30 minutes of that talking just about Smash Bros. Ultimate. That was a long presentation. <laughs> that was... We, wow. got, we got the patch notes for Super Smash Bros. there. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It was just like, here, we updated this game and we're porting it to Switch. And here are the patch notes. Let let me read them for you. But they have this character. So and so has a new happens. voice line. So and so got a new animation. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even recognize half these people, but are you going to get to a point here? I mean, obviously this game looks great, but like, I mean, you're showing us character by character. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> My favorite change was the Olimar change. Yes, the Olimar change. His helmet gets cracked, but then it fixes itself. <laughs> that was <Yes>. great. <laughs> <laughs> watching watching someone like while they were watching it at the same time was just like their facial expression was like wait oh okay thanks for thanks for telling us no one's gonna notice anyway how long do you think it took the developers to implement that feature <laughs> way too long <laughs> enough that it got put in the presentation i guess uh that one dirt, that one guy that actually did that was like, you better freaking put this in the presentation. And they're Hell like, okay, yeah, man, I okay. Did I did that. I thought they were going to be like, his helmet can get cracked and broken. and But they're just like, no, it just gets cracked. <laughs> that, would, <laughs> okay. that would actually have an interesting mechanic if, they, if it like broke and then he took uh, damage over time because of it. Yeah. But nope. I don't know. Gotta save that uh, for Smash yeah. 6. Oh, God. And then, not to mention that, but they had like five hours of gameplay of all their content that they announced. Yes, I, that is important to mention that after they do their direct, they go through the Nintendo Treehouse segments where they just, just like, all right, it was just go through everything we did and play it for like hours at a time. And like even after the show, they did. Uh, I remember I was watching their little segment on Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. That they played that game for like. 45 minutes on stream just like uncut just we're just sitting here playing the game like this is great i love seeing this so i was appreciated that they did that um so let's let's go back and focus uh squarely on the smash brothers announcement they did come out and say here's the new smash brothers game here's the title it is smash brothers ultimate super smash brothers ultimate i should say here are all the characters in the game. Here's all the other maps that are going to be in the game. Here's the new, obviously, the patch notes part where like, here's all the new slight changes we got, all the updates to previous things. And here is a new character and the release date, which is uh, December 7th, right? Of this year? Um, like, the, like the first week of December, yeah, basically. Seventh. So, yeah, it's the 7th. That's coming relatively soon, less less than six months from now. Um, I feel like if you're into Smash, this was a great show. If you're not someone that cares about Smash, there was pretty much nothing here. Because the non-Smash stuff they showed was, uh, they announced a new game called Damon X Machina, which was like a kind of big, bombastic mech fighting game, which we didn't really see a whole lot of. They had, uh, DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. They announced a brand new Mario Party game called Super Mario Party, which actually looks pretty cool. The connectivity between multiple switches. 
Uh, they finally announced and released Fortnite for Switch, as well as the Twitch version of Hollow Knight. And a couple of other smaller games, uh, including Overcooked 2, Killer Queen Black. Uh, we did see like, another story trailer for the next Fire Emblem game, which some people are a big fan of. Uh, but yeah, like, other than that, though, everything was just Smash. Just smash, Smash, Smash. Overall, though, how, it was how very. Go on. Sorry. It was just very focused on two games Pokemon and Smash. And they came in with a game plan and they executed that. They definitely hit their demographic, though, because I'm pretty sure that was the uh, the only things people were too <laughs> really, really excited for. Yeah, yeah. Um, any Anything specifically you want to mention about Smash or one of the other games? Or move on to a verdict? I don't think so. Alright. In my opinion, don't get me wrong, I really liked the Smash stuff I saw, but I am leaning towards Nintendo being more of a loser. They were... It was probably for the best that they kind of just didn't really show up too much. I mean, they could have come out and been like, yo, here's like a title for the next Pokemon games. Or like, here's here's a still image of the next metroid prime game we would have saw and been like okay we'll see see you in a year from now where we can actually get more stuff on it you know so they're kind of just like holding their cards close to their chest right now um which is i'm okay with that but overall this showing on its own which is if you're not in the smash there was really nothing here for you yeah i <laughs> Nintendo is definitely interesting on the way they do those things, but it did seem a little bit lax with, especially with them trying to release more and more things for the Switch to for people to want to get the Switch because it's technically a next, it's not a next gen, but it's like it's supposed to compete with this gen consoles, and mm-hmm. I don't, I just figured they would come out with more than just two things although these two things are very very like like everyone wants them but i don't know i i definitely think it was lack lacking um and the whole the way they did the smash thing like thank you for telling us all these things but <laughs> that could have been done differently like they could have shown a lot more um instead of talking about most of it and showing like just the character right there i don't I don't know. I just think it could have been done better. Right. Um. Yeah. So that that was Nintendo there. Uh. I don't think. No. I think. I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. I don't think there's anything else to really talk about unless you want to deep dive into the PC gaming conference or something like that. Um. I mean, yeah. There was a couple of interesting things there, but overall, that kind of. They kind of succeeded at what they wanted to do, just showcase some of the lesser-known titles. I, th- I think outside of um, Nintendo that we should take a second and just talk about Jump Force. Oh my gosh, Jump Force. <laughs> um, yeah, so for those that are unaware of what Jump Force is, it's a fighting game based off of the Shonen Jump magazine, so all of the anime properties that they've teamed up with in the past. Uh, most notable examples of that include Dragon Ball, Naruto, 
uh, one jump, no, not one jump, one piece, and Death Note. So basically, <laughs> this is a fighting game where characters from all those universes are together and they're fighting each other. So you got like Naruto and Goku teaming up to fight Frieza, for example. And I'm sure it's only going to get more insane once more characters get announced. It had a weird art style, in my opinion. Like, it, it kind of was weird seeing Goku in this, like, weird claymation type of look. Yeah, it, they all looked very out of their element. They don't look like their anime selves at all. <laughs> um, no, no. Like, overall, pretty good trailer. I know some people watched it and got super hyped just because, you know, they're big fans of the tra- the characters. So seeing all these characters yeah. together was kind of all they needed. I don't really know much about how, like, how it's going to play. Like, it looks like it's more 3D, kind of like, uh, uh, what's a good way to describe it? Like the uh, Dragon Ball Budokai games, maybe? The 3D fighters? Um, they're not, they're not 2D I never played any of the Dragon Ball ones. So. Yeah, I can see this being a, a good game for those that like the anime characters and just like really big over the top visuals. Lordy knows it's going to be over the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, uh, before we wrap up the show, was there anything else on the mention about E3 this? Uh, the only thing I can think of is some of the stuff they showed at the PC show, but I don't know if it's worth it. I think that uh, that shark game looked pretty interesting. The shark game <laughs> and the first thing they showed off, I think the, the name of it, um, it was like the 3D Factorio. Oh, yeah. If I let myself, I'd get lost in that. Right, like Factorio's <laughs> already super addictive and easy to get lost in. So the fact they're like, here's a bigger version of it. You're just like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't have time for this. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of good stuff at E3 this year. A couple of disappointments too, but for the most part, I think everything was pretty solid. Um, not a whole lot of surprises. Like everything we saw was something we maybe would have expected. Like the fact that, oh, there's a new Halo was not super surprising. Uh, the fact that Cyberpunk was there was something we kind of suspected was going to happen. Um, even at the Ubisoft conference, they're like, oh, here's the new Assassin's Creed. It's like, well, that's... Not really that surprising, especially considering it leaked a couple weeks beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, no big surprises, but I think that's kind of understandable considering Microsoft did specifically say at their show that they're in development on a new next-gen Xbox that will be coming out in the next couple of years. So I'm led to believe that a lot of the big, big titles that they, they want to use as their next flagship is going to be, like, years down the line. We might see that in, like, two years or so. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, in a way, this is almost like a just like, kind of like a like a treading water kind of year, but that's not necessarily bad. Because as far as like E three dreams and hopes go, I actually ended up seeing a lot of the things I was hoping to see here. Like I I saw my Cyberpunk, I got my confirmation on the Elder Scrolls game, I got my Halo announcement. I, I'm set. I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna sit back and wait for the next two years and enjoy. Yeah, I I was definitely. I liked nearly everything I saw, which is great because like compared to like last year where it was like these games were some games were teased 
Um, and we're like, oh crap, is this actually going to happen? Like, we need to see this. And this year was definitely a lot more satisfying to like see all these games coming in, like with a lot of progress. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so as far as like how soon we're gonna be able to get our hands on some of these games, um, obviously there was a couple of things that they they dropped right on the spot, like they they showed up and Ripple Two, and that came out same day. Uh, Switch port for Hollow Knight that came out same day. So there's a couple of things like that. But for the most part, I think everything else showed, well, a lot of the bigger things shown, we're not going to start seeing those release until September of this year. Yeah, yeah like September. This Besides year. a couple sport games. There's a couple, yeah, I think Madden comes out in August. Uh, the new Telltale Walking Dead game comes out in August as well. Uh, but for the most part, like all the bigger stuff is going to come out in September when we're going to get Spider-Man. Uh, we're going to get the Destiny 2 Forsaken expansion. And we're also going to get Shadow of the Tomb Raider in September. Yeah. S September through November is going to be pretty crazy. And then you have Smash in December. My wallet. It's going to be... <laughs> it's going to be a lot. Uh, yeah, like just the, for the rest of this year, we got Spider-Man, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Forza Horizon 4, Super Mario Party, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Black Ops 4, Battlefield 5, Red Dead Redemption 2, Fallout 76, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, Just Cause 4, and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So, no shortage of games by any stretch of the imagination. And then that's not even mentioning all the stuff coming out early next year, which I'm not, I'm not going to mention it. There's too much. I'll be here all day. Um, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. That I think that's going to go ahead and wrap up our e3 2018 special episode here so thank you everybody for tuning in i hope you had a good time and we look forward to hearing more about what you guys thought of the show as well uh, i actually was running a poll over on twitter for the mouse and joystick podcast and 50 percent of people over there said that the real winners of e3 were us the gamers hey, isn't that nice <laughs> i agree everybody's a winner in that case um so yeah thank you everybody for tuning in we hope to see you on the next episode of mouse and joystick peace wake me